does my teaching on the topic of divorce and remarriage mean that a person can go out and commit adultery as a way of justifying their future divorce? That's the question I got from Isaac S. And uh, let me just read it to you. Isaac says, all that's necessary to break a marriage covenant is to walk away from it or go have sex with anyone other than your spouse. Therefore, marriage is the easiest and, as far as the flesh is concerned, most pleasurable contract or covenant to get out of. I've personally counseled a man whose wife read the Matthew exception out of context like that. She purposely went out and found a man to cheat with just because she wanted out of that marriage and thought God would let her out if she did that. Wow. Now, Isaac is not even remotely alone in this. This is a horrible straw man. I mean, a horrible straw man of the position. It's a misrepresentation of the teaching that I have and I think of what the teaching scripture actually has. It's a way of saying your teaching is horrible, therefore it can't be true. Isaac is not even remotely the only person who pushes back on the teaching that adultery is cause for divorce by saying that we're encouraging people to go commit adultery. Let me share with you another quote from the comment section. This is from Norman Evans, who says, according to your logic, all one has to do to get a justified divorce is commit adultery. But he's not even alone because, listen, Gordon Winham, who is one of the premier scholars supporting the view that there is no divorce, period, end of story, you just don't get divorced, he says the following in, in the book, Remarriage and Divorce in Today's Church, Three Views, this is a re well-respected, thoughtful, uh, intelligent scholar. But look at what he says in this book. He says, remarriage readings also lead to an illogicality in verse 32. Such an interpretation offers a perverse incentive to sexual immorality. For if the only circumstance in which someone is free to remarry is when the spouse has committed adultery, one could envisage a partner in a desperate marriage encouraging the other to commit adultery in order to secure freedom to remarry instead of merely to separate. But this type of casuistry seems far removed from Jesus's approach. In context, he's condemning every kind of infidelity, not providing excuse for remarriage. Now, of course, he's not responding to exactly my view. I think adultery is a cause for uh, divorce, and there are some other considerations, some other causes as well, which I've elaborated in my video. But I want to respond to this view, and it's real simple. Let me show you by putting the shoe on the other foot, that this kind of rhetoric completely falls apart. To show you that this is like an unsustainable you know, logic, an unsustainable way of reasoning about scripture, let me just say this. All of the people who label this accusation at my teaching or at the, those who say that adultery is good and proper cause for divorce, all those people would agree that if your spouse dies, you're not only free to be separate from that marriage, you're actually free to marry someone else. They would all agree with that. None of them would argue against that, right? When the spouse dies, you're free. But none of them would say that therefore it's okay to murder your spouse. Then because this would offer a perverse motive to go out and murder your spouse so that you can be free from the marriage and marry another. None of them would think that this teaching offers a perverse motive to do anything because they would recognize that this is obviously not the heart of God on the subject. To me, this is like childish and embarrassingly bad reasoning. I'm sorry, I, Isaac, I am not at all meaning for it to be personal to you. I just want to show us how shockingly bad it is to respond to God's word, to Jesus's teaching on this topic by trying to raise the stakes and act like this interpretation means we're encouraging adultery. The woman was wicked. Like she just did an evil, wicked thing. Everyone should see this. Just as if she had murdered her husband to be free, you would never say that the teaching that the death of a spouse frees you 
was motive for the murder, proper motive, justifiable motive. And so you just cannot say that this is uh, that this is motive for someone to go commit adultery. No, that's wicked. All, all they're doing is they have a sinful divorce and sinful adultery now at that point. All they've done is pile wickedness onto wickedness. So that being said, if you'd like to learn how to think biblically about everything, subscribe to the channel and check below for the playlist on all my videos on the topic of marriage and divorce, a very important and complicated topic that I've tried to cover in great detail.